0: We yeah. love it when all six of our listeners are taking the same cruise. It's for us. Uh,
1: you mean, you mean seven, Brian. Seven. At least seven. I, I forgot to count myself.
0: You're right. There you go. Uh, yeah. Cause you don't listen or we'd be eight, but, um, <laughs> everybody to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and I have to start as I always do by welcoming my fabulous co-host Samantha to the show. Welcome, Sam.
1: Thanks, Bri. I am... Happy to be here and well caffeinated. Uh, We are recording on a Saturday morning and uh, it's actually sunny outside here in Seattle, despite it being the end of October at this point. It's kind of amazing.
0: Falls upon us. We're on a Halloween weekend because uh, Halloween is on Monday. And so we're going to be talking about a little bit of Halloween on the high seas aboard the Disney Wish. This is our first time hearing about the experience on board the Wish. But let me start by welcoming our fabulous guest, Kim, to the show, who's going to be talking about that with us. Welcome, Kim.
1: Hi. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for joining us. We are super excited to talk Halloween on the High Seas. We have only done it on The Wonder.
0: I thought we've done it twice. We had your birthday cruise last year where we did it, and we did it one time before that with, I think, Nathan's first cruise was a Halloween on the High Seas cruise, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Well, his first cruise was a Halloween on the High Seas cruise. The one we did that was over my birthday i'm trying to remember was that actually a halloween on the i don't think the theming was brought back or maybe oh you know what it was there were halloween on the high seas events but it wasn't the full experience because it was the restart it was in 20 what was that late 2020 or 20 i can't
0: remember not 2020 not 2020 (laughs) 2020. it was in
1: it was in october of 2021 and they hadn't really brought back most of the Halloween stuff.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think there was a lot of it. It just wasn't the full, full thing going on at that point, for sure. But yeah, I think there was, I think there was, they still had the big pumpkin tree. They still did the events, some of the events in the atrium. They were just, uh, you know, they were socially distanced and the crowds were lower. So yeah, so we've done two Halloween on the high seas sailings, but we've only done them on the Wonder. So we want to hear about on the Wish. The Wish is new and exciting and has some new things going on for Halloween on the high seas. But before we dive into the, uh, the topic here, Kim, can you talk folks through your Disney Background, your experience with Disney Cruise Line, and I know you've got some experience with other cruise lines as well.
2: My family and I started going to Disney World for the first time in 2012, and we went with my daughter who was three years old. Uh, I had an uncle who went with his family every year, and I couldn't understand why he went every year. When my daughter turned three, we we're like, "Let's just go and you know see what it's all about," and um, we were hooked, and we have been going multiple times since then. So about 10 years ago and first one on Disney cruise line on the magic in 2013 out of Galveston. And once again, we were hooked on that type of Disney experience. And since we started our Disney journey in in 2012, we've actually kind of made it a goal to, to do all six castles around the world. Uh, We've done all of them except Hong Kong Disneyland. And now with DCL. The only one we have left is uh, the Disney Fantasy. I thought we loved Disney World a lot, but really, we went to Disneyland for the first time in in twenty sixteen and was able to experience the the Diamond Celebration and absolutely fell in love with Disneyland. And we actually prefer it over Disney World, and we actually became annual pass holders shortly after. And from there, we just became fanatics, and we we'll probably have. As many memberships as possible. You know, you're talking about uh, D23 and the Castaway Club. But I guess the only the only thing we haven't ventured into is DVC. And I mean, we've thought about it in the past, but we haven't done that part yet. But I mean, we've gone to alani and we were going to try to go to Hong Kong, but COVID happened. And so that's that's just the next, the next one on our list. Between
1: your parks experience and your cruise experience, how many Disney cruises have you been on now?
2: With this last one, this last one was our seventh. Nice. Uh, this year alone, we went, to, uh, we went to Alaska on the Wonder in June. And then we also did the Dream in July, over, uh, over 4th of July. So we've done about three this year already.
0: Well, and I know that you've got other cruise line backgrounds. Uh, what what other cruise lines have you sailed on, and how many cruises have you been on that aren't Disney?
2: I've done Royal once, and I've also done Holland America once, and that was an Alaskan cruise. And then we've done we did Virgin last year for the first time. Absolutely loved it. And then we all, we actually have one another Virgin cruise planned this year in December. How old are kids, your kids now, kid or kids now? Uh, yeah, we have two children. I have a 13-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. Oh, nice. Lovely. Yeah. So you get to do, well, and the v- Virgin is no
1: kids, right? So kids are with maybe grandparents or something?
2: <laughs> yeah, they stayed with my sister for the week. Yeah, Virgin is is incredible. It has Disney-level service, just mm-hmm. no kids. <laughs> <laughs> and So it's an entirely different experience and I would highly recommend it, especially for Disney Cruise Line people who are used to that type of service and uh, the food is also fantastic.
0: Well, you just recently got back from essentially a land and sea adventure around a Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party and a Wish sailing with a Halloween on the High Seas component to it. And so let's dive into that cruise a little bit and your impressions of the Wish and the Halloween on the High Seas. You're you're coming from Texas, so assume you flew to Orlando?
2: Yes, we flew into Orlando uh, Wednesday evening, and then we checked into all-star sports for the first time. Pro tip, they do have a couple of buildings with renovated rooms. They are the last of the all-stars that uh, have not renovated all their all their rooms yet. So we were able to get a renovated room and settled in. And then the next day we went to Mickey's Not So Scary. We usually go to Oogie Boogie Bash every year, but this year the tickets sold out so quickly that we couldn't get them. Mm-hmm. And so once we had booked this cruise, we were like, well, let's just see if we could go to Mickey's Not So Scary uh, the night before. We were able to compare the two with this being our first time going to Mickey's Not So Scary. The edge that, in our opinion, the edge that the party at Disney World has over DCA would be the entertainment and the fireworks and like the Hocus Pocus villain show. But DCA is superior with the character offerings and the treat trails. Oh,
1: interesting.
2: Yeah, so I really, with the Oogie Boogie Bash, I love the treat trails. I love that you can still interact with the characters without having to wait in a long line. Although you could, if you wanted to wait in long lines, you don't really have to with the treat trails. But Mm -hmm. uh, the shows, Disney World, or really fantastic.
1: Well, and just like you said, the fire—the fact that there are fireworks, there's no fireworks. For for those who haven't been to an Oogie Boogie Bash, There are. there's no fireworks at California Adventure. The only fireworks are at Disneyland Park. And because Oogie Boogie takes place at California Adventure, you don't have a fireworks show. And this year they did not do the special World of Color. Apparently there is like a Halloween version of World of Color that they've done in years past, but they did not do it this year and so the only nighttime entertainment is the parade and then there is a a a short show with the characters where they do the disney junior dance party theater yeah
2: and even the parade is superior at dca in in my opinion i think both parades have those guys who have that shovel i can't i know it's all i don't know but they like make those sparks on the ground both parades have that. Oh, yeah. And both parades also have the Headless Horseman come in, which is really cool. But I, I, I think the one in DC is a little bit more superior. A tradition that we always do at the parties is make sure we leave with a ton of candy and um, <laughs> pro tip, bring your own bag because yes. those little bags that they give you is just, it's just not enough, especially when, if you're going to go with kids. So we were able to come home with a ton of candy.
1: Well, and this time you would have you had to take it on the wish with you, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. So I signed up for um fish, fish extender candy giveaways, So I was able to give away a lot of the candy to random cabins.
1: Perfect. Especially yeah. that candy that you inevitably get that you don't actually like, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but if I get Reese's peanut butter cups, they're not part of the giveaway. <laughs> but if I get Smarties, those are being given away. Yeah, I totally agree. First, let's, I want to ask, did you guys dress up for Mickey's Not So Scary? And then second, did you wear the same costumes on board the ship?
2: Yes and yes. So, this, so my family, we do traditional, um, we do Halloween costumes every year. So, you know, last year we were WandaVision. Me and my husband Rwanda and had Vision and the kids were the kids. <laughs> oh fun! Yeah. And so this year uh, we decided to do Mary Poppins. I was Mary. Uh, my husband was Bert, and the kids were the penguins. Penguins. I knew you were gonna say the penguins. <laughs> I <laughs> and love that. We got so many compliments, even you know in the park and on the ship. I was I don't know. It just threw me off guard. I didn't, I didn't expect it, but people just really love Mary and Bert. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, his costume was the striped outfit and um, I had like the little umbrella. and Oh, so you did like the Jolly Holiday. Yeah, that's right. The Jolly Holiday look. And- yeah,
1: which is perfect with the penguins because the penguins yeah. are the, the, the right outfits rather than um, if you're I feel like if you're wearing Mary Poppins traditional outfit, then Bert needs to be wearing his chimney sweep outfit. And then you have to be like the kids and, you know, the kids have to be the kids right. instead of being the penguins.
2: Yeah. You know. So the kids weren't um, that excited to be penguins, but I was like, hey, this is a, a team effort. <laughs> Let's just, <laughs> just uh, put it on and get candy. So that's what we dressed up as. And we I didn't feel like putting it on again during on the ship, but I just decided to anyways. And, you know, that was really fun. So we did do that again on the ship.
0: So Kim, I know you were staying at the All-Star Sports Resort. How did you get from Walt Disney World out to the port? Did you use private transportation or Disney transportation? How'd you get out there?
2: So when we landed Wednesday night, we actually used Turo for the first time. So we were able to, I guess, rent a car. And we just drove ourselves from the airport parking lot to the resort. And then from there, from the resort to Port Canaveral.
1: Is that the plan where you basically are renting like somebody's private car, like meaning like somebody owns a car and then they rent it out, like kind of like the Airbnb for cars. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, how was that experience? I got to ask you about this because we, one, we've never done it before. I've only heard about it, but I wonder if this is a a better option than renting a car sometimes, particularly with car shortages being what they are.
2: Yeah. So I was doing the math and, you know, the shuttle's, from you know the airport to the resort, and the resort to the port, and then back and forth, it was just more cost effective for us to rent a vehicle. And then Turo was even a less expensive option. It was pretty seamless. You know, my husband did all the booking, but when we were able to chat with the owner through the app, and it was actually an electric vehicle, which was our first time renting an electric vehicle, and mm-hmm. it was a short range electric vehicle was which was probably an oversight because (sighs) I would not recommend (laughs) renting a short range electric vehicle when you're trying to drive to Port Canaveral. So that kind of backfired a little bit, but we- Yeah, that must have been interesting.
1: Did you have to stop then to charge (laughs) on the way?
2: Yes, because the maximum amount of miles on a full charge was like 76 miles. So it just- Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, I almost almost booked an electric car through Hertz one time to go out to Port Canaveral and my hangup was- they didn't have charging stations out at the port when right. you parked the car. And so I was I was reading online about, you know, when the car sits, it's still losing its battery. <laughs> so when you got back, yeah. it might not start up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> so much to think about. Yeah.
2: It, it added a, another layer of complication to our trip that we didn't expect. But we were, thankfully, you know, we had a lot of flexibility where we could be, we had the time to wait for the car to charge and all of that. But yeah, that's mm. how we got from... All stars to the port. We did have to stop at a charging station before going to the port just to make sure that the car was going to have power to go, you know, back to Orlando. I had actually booked this trip in the end of July. And uh, in August, my sister was like, Hey, I kind of want to go somewhere. Like, cause she just had, she had like a, a six month old child. And she's like, I just, we're just itching to go somewhere. So I told her, I was like, You can come with us on this cruise if you want to. She was like, oh, let me think about it. And she actually had a friend who went on The Wish in September. And I actually booked that trip for her friend. And her friend also had like a, like a baby too. She came off that, that ceiling and absolutely loved it. So therefore it convinced my sister to join us on this cruise. And then my mom also wanted to come with us too. So <laughs> it wasn't just my family, you know, my sister's family came along and then my mom and my stepdad and their son came along. So it was... You know, three families going on The Wish for the first time. Yeah, it was our first time sailing with with other people, than not just our, our immediate family. So nice. That was interesting.
1: Had any of them ever sailed on Disney Cruise Line before?
2: No. They have sailed with other cruise lines, but this was their first time on Disney Cruise Line, you know, and all of our first time on a brand new ship. And thankfully, by the time they had decided to join, the room's on either side of me were still available. So I was able to book my mom to the left of me and my sister to the right of me. And me and my sister's room were were connected and my mom was on her own, but we all had deluxe ocean view verandas. So I was able to ask our stateroom host to have our balconies connected as well. So
0: that was really cool. Oh, nice. Well, what were your first impressions as you sort of rolled up to the wish as a family and finally got on board? I mean, she's very different than some of the other Disney well, any of the Disney ships out there. so what what were first impressions?
2: There was a lot of anticipation going on this ship. I tried to keep an open mind as possible. I mean obviously listening to your your guy's podcast and other people's impressions of the wish. it was hard to just be non-biased about it, but I tr- I, I was positive and you know, it was very grand, the entrance. It was very busy. The ship, I found out, had what had about 3,600 guests on board. Mm. Um, so it felt really busy. But, you know, our first impressions were it was beautiful, you know, clean, fresh, smelled wonderful. It smelled like the other <laughs> ships smell like. And we saw Princess Tiana and Prince Devine uh, above the, the stage waving to us and... I made sure to record, you know, my sister's family and my mom's family being introduced because I feel like that's such a core memory. Everyone was hungry. So the first thing we did, we went to Marceline Market and, and grabbed lunch right away. We were just trying to soak it all in, you know, because every, it was everyone's first time.
0: After Marceline Market, like, what did you get up to on your first day? Did you tour around the ship to see everything? Did the kids get to see the kids club? Yeah. what what was uh, What was the gang up to on the first day?
2: Yeah. So there are a total of 10 of us. So I was kind of like the leader of the group and, you know, trying to navigate the ship for the first time and help everyone else navigate for the first time. And so we did go down to the kids club and got to check that out because it was open house, checked out the nursery because my, my sister had her son who was going to spend some time there, loved Mm -hmm. the nursery, loved the design, the style, and that they were all connected, which was, which I didn't expect, you know, the nursery was connected to the entire kids club. And my son who's seven was going to spend a lot of time in the kids club. And, you know, we got, we got to see the Marvel section, the Star Wars section. And um, he was really excited about all that. And then after that, we went to go see if their rooms were ready and they weren't. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Vibe and Edge and really liked that space. It was Bright and airy, and I love that uh, edge had a had its own elevator to I think get to vibe. It took a while for the elevator to come to the vibe section, but mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool addition. I didn't even notice that. That
1: is cool. I because they I, they're not like right next to each other as you're sort of describing. They're they're actually several levels apart, although like in the same portion of the ship. So um, one is a couple levels above the other. So that's, I didn't realize there was, uh, that makes sense though, because they do some activities one together, but they also sometimes will swap spaces so that they get to check out each other's um, spaces. And then there's that hideaway also, which is used by the teens most of the time, but is sometimes used for the 1820 society as well.
2: I noticed that elevator but I was I was wondering why it took so long for the elevator to come because I I, I didn't I wouldn't think that anyone else was going <laughs> to use that elevator but yeah for some reason it took a while to come but half of the people went on to the elevator and went to check out vibe and then we found out that their rooms were ready so then we went to go check out our rooms this was also our my first time ordering like a package pre cruise mm-hmm. so we had ordered or I had ordered the enchantment package Oh, was that the one with the robes and stuff? No, this was, it had the champagne glasses Hmm. and it had a photo frame and it had like a luggage tag, a lanyard, this like medallion looking coin thing Hmm. and um, a notebook. But the selling point was that it had like wish all over it and had (laughs) normal feelings all over it. And it was in this huge box. And I was like, you know what, let's just order it and see. And so it was nice. It was, I think it was $200. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if it's still on, if they still offer it, but it was just like a, just like a keepsake thing that I wanted to get. And then we got like our Castaway Club gifts as well, which it was like the bag, the little towel holders. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I just thought that was really interesting.
1: We we got the same ones, and n- nobody knew what they were what, when we got them. But apparently, there is a tag on them that does t- say they're towel holders um, yeah. for use for use on like beach chairs. Uh, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, but they look like sashes. They, it looks yes. like it's a like a Miss America sash. <laughs> so and it's, and it's like a satin fabric or something. So it was very. Odd, in my opinion, they're they're fine, but they're just it was just
2: kind of an odd um, gift. So yeah, I agree. It was it was kind of odd. And then shortly after, our luggage came, and one of my son's favorite things to do is to decorate our doors. So oh. prior to this cruise, I had made sure that each family's had was going to have their own magnets. So I made like magnets for everybody and brought decorations. And because we were all connected, I was able to also decorate the space, the wall space in between our rooms. So that was really fun to, you know, have like Halloween banners connecting our rooms. And that's probably one of our favorite things to do was just like get our door decorated and have our fish extender out.
0: That was really fun. That's fun.
1: And I'm pretty sure you had some magnets that we might recognize on your door. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Disregard Sam's shameless (laughs) (laughs) self-promotion.
2: Sam sent me some magnets. So we were able to hand them out, put them in people's fish extenders and put some on our door too. And a couple of doors down from us, I saw uh, y'all's magnets too. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So
1: yeah. Oh, yay. That was fun. We love when that happens. We love we love magnet sightings. We yeah. love it when
0: all six of our listeners are taking the same cruise. For us, uh,
1: you mean you mean seven, Brian? Seven. seven. Oh, I, I forgot to count myself.
0: You're right. There you go. Uh, yeah, because you don't listen, or we'd be eight. But um, so so, Kim, okay, I'm curious. Did they have Halloween decorations? Like they they must have had stuff already out and about on the ship for the Halloween on the high seas sailing. How decked out was the ship for Halloween on the high seas?
2: To me, it was was very subtle. And the main decorations was in the Grand Hall with the boo tree. And then they had really sophisticated looking garlands with pumpkins intertwined and these white garlands. They also had some vine looking decals on the portholes that Mm -hmm. you would see from now and then, but they're not as clear as they are on other ships. You know, on on other ships, you see that jack-o'-lantern type uh, style, but this one- Oh yeah. The the clings
1: on the windows that look like, yeah, yeah, they look like pumpkins, jack-o'-lantern pumpkins though. Yeah. Yeah. In almost every porthole window in those, in the hallways. Yeah.
2: Correct. But this ship didn't have that type of style. It was it was like a, a green vine looking decals that were shaped like villains, but they, it was hard to see. It wasn't as prevalent as, as it is in other ships, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the decorations were really were subtle. They weren't in your face at all. It was, and it was more on the elegant side.
1: I did notice you mentioned the, the boo tree. I know that that's the name of the, a, a new sort of new character for the tree. But that tree is different than the tree on all of the other ships. All the other ships have essentially the same pumpkin tree. And this one, it is a pumpkin tree also, but it has a completely different look and a completely different
2: face on it. It does. And it kind of reminds me of that tree in Pocahontas. But <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're not related at all. But yeah, the tree was... It, it was just so big in that space and it took up a lot of space too, but you know, mm-hmm. it was beautiful and there were pumpkins hanging on the tree that had carvings of uh, Cinderella characters in it, like Gus, Gus. And I think one night they did something called like a, a pumpkin tale, Halloween tales,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, they do like a story time around, around that tree in between the dinners and we tried to go, but it's it was like packed. Like you, if you didn't get there an hour before, you wouldn't have gotten a good seat. And it was a really popular event, and people, even people from the stairs, were watching in. And we wanted to experience it, but it it was it was just a little too crowded for us. Yeah. Now they only did it once. I th- I believe they only did it maybe once or twice, but it wasn't like a nightly thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a bummer because I feel like that's
1: the kind of thing that if you wanted to spread it out and allow a lot of people to get to experience it, if you offer it multiple nights, like done with other kinds of events, that's just a better opportunity for everyone.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I feel like on our Halloween on the High Sea sailing, Sam, they've only done, like, they might have, they, they only did the tree transformation one night. They may the have tree done lighting. it. Yeah, they may have yeah. done it twice in that evening so that you could catch it depending on right. time of day, but. It's it's like they have activities that then culminate in that tree ceremony, and then the tree is transformed for the rest of the sailing kind of thing. So I can I can kind of understand that. I mean, do they have a lot of Halloween related activities going on, or did it feel limited?
2: The the Sanderson sisters came
1: out often. When you say the Sanderson sisters, though, was it like the face characters, or was it like the mini Clarabelle Daisy version of the Sanderson sisters?
2: Yes, I apologize. It's a mini (laughs) Clarabelle in no, no apologies necessary. That's the one I would want to see. Like
1: I would, I'll be yeah. honest. I would not be interested in seeing the face characters of the Sanderson sisters. I'd be interested in you know any kind of visits with Minnie and Clarabelle. Isn't it Clarabelle? I think it's yeah. Clarabelle. It's
2: Clarabelle. Those three came out often and all, at weird times of the day too. I mean, at one point they came out at like ten o'clock at night. So that was a really popular. Lines got really long for them three, and mm-hmm. they were mainly on the stage. And so people were able to kind of line up on the side of the stage and, and got like a really great photo op with them. And they Mm
1: -hmm.
2: even, every time they came out, they even had like the little introduction where they, you know, dance side to side and, and came out to the music. So it was really cute. And cast members were very accommodating to guests who wanted to take pictures with their phones and they would take the pictures for us. And that was probably a highlight of the trip, just meeting them three, because initially it was going to be exclusive to DCL, but then they were oh, then going to be at, D- at Oogie Boogie. So
1: yeah, they were at Oogie Boogie. But I will tell you, we did not go to see them because the lines for some of those character meet and greets, not the ones on the treat trails, but the regular character meet and greets, like Bruno, for example, from Encanto, were ridiculous. And so yeah. the only one we ended up doing was Remy from Ratatouille because we happened to just be over at Pixar Pier, like right when they were opening it up. And so we were toward, you know, it was before any line had really gotten a chance to form. I feel like one of the great things about DCL, and you can tell me if you, you agree with this, Kim, is though the fact that you can do these character meet and greets in, a, I would say, a much smaller line situation than in the parks generally. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to every rule, but even you know, you're know, you still limited on the cruise by how many people. Are
2: I agree wholeheartedly. I think that uh, DCL is a great way to meet characters and especially unique characters and even characters in very unique costumes. So mm-hmm. another highlight, Halloween highlight, would be seeing all the characters in their Halloween costumes like Chip and Dale in a pumpkin bucket-looking outfit and Mickey and Minnie in their Halloween outfits.
1: So... The ones we've seen Chip and Dale in on, on The Wonder have been a cop and a robber. So it sounds like there's maybe different costumes. What what were Minnie and Mickey's costumes, if you remember?
2: I believe Mickey and Minnie were the same. And I think he was like a vampire. Vampire, Chip, yeah. But Chip and Dale were were dressed as like treats. It was oh, <laughs> like, fun. Yeah, I think Dale was in like a pumpkin type of, like a he was like in a pumpkin bucket type thing. And then Chip was in, I think he had like, candy all over him I can't remember exactly but it was really adorable but beyond like the Halloween characters there wasn't in my opinion there wasn't a lot of Halloween activities except on Halloween night so on Mm. this sailing pirate night was its own night and then Halloween night was its own night and we had went on the dream last year on Halloween and I and I remember actually trick-or-treating like in cabanas Mm -hmm. but on this sailing they had the Halloween party masquerade party. Which was fun, but they did not have trick or treating. You would just go to to the hero zone section, and you just pick up a bag, and that was it. Mm. You know that that is reminding me
1: of the the last Halloween one that we went on, Brian. The one that you had mentioned that I had forgotten all about because it was October of twenty twenty one, and we had a, it was a bag of a small bag of candy in our room in our state room that night for Nathan. And so there wasn't trick-or-treating on that either. But I I have heard trick-or-treating is back on the other ship. So that's interesting that they are not doing like sort of a traditional trick-or-treating on the wish.
2: I, I I don't think they thought about like the setup for it Cause Mm -hmm. I remember with last year in Cabanas, they would have stations throughout, you know, the buffet and we got a ton of candy, but this year they just gave everyone a bag of candy. And then even within the teens club, I think they had their own Halloween activities too. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't a huge emphasis on like Halloween celebrations, I guess, in my opinion.
1: Were there other family Halloween activities? I know, like, for example, on Pirate Night, they theme some of the trivia as pirate-themed trivia, things like that. Did they theme any of the the standard game show events and stuff like that as Halloween on that Halloween night or, or otherwise on the cruise?
2: Not, and I don't remember. I don't think they did, like, for the cruise in general, but I think, like, within the vibe or edge clubs, I think they would have like costume contests. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't recall like a huge having like a something like that for everybody, if that makes sense.
1: Sounds like the theming overall was pretty understated from the, you know, from the ship side of things. How did the the guests sort of respond? Meaning were the, were the guests really dressed up and in themed costumes and all of that?
2: I would say maybe 40% of the guests dressed up. We did see a lot of people dressing up and going all out, and that was fun. You know, you would see it at dinners and you would see it at the theater shows. It was fun to see people dressed up. We got a ton of compliments on our, you know, Bert and Mary costume, the kids were not going to do penguins again. So we were like,
1: you did it. Oh, so you let them off the hook. <laughs> yeah, they were over it.
2: So did, did you make them dress up for pirate night at least? <laughs> uh, well, actually, yes. My son was wanting to be a pirate for Halloween in general. So oh. it just turned out that he was able to wear the pirate costume twice.
1: Oh, perfect. I found, I think on the the first Halloween on the high seas that we did, I found actually there were a lot of people just dressed as pirates because it was kind of, because it was like you said, it's sort of easy. You can pack it for both Halloween and for, um, and for a pirate night.
2: Well, historically they would do pirate night and Halloween night on the same night. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't know until you're on the sailing if they were going to separate it or not. And then on this sailing, they did. So, I mean, that was nice. Actually, I forgot to ask you if this was a three-night or a four-night sailing. Oh, this was a three-night sailing. Yeah.
1: Well, you, so you had a pirate night and you had Halloween night. Yeah. Wow. Did you? What did you get as far as the shows in the main theater?
2: I was able to see all the shows. Seize the Adventure, Little Mermaid, and Aladdin. The oh, nice. pirate night. Show and the masquerade was done on on the outdoor the pool decks. So
1: gotcha. Um, I mean, I'm glad you got to see all three shows. We still haven't seen the Aladdin version on the Wish. What did what did you think of that one in particular?
2: So the first night was the Adventure, and this was a show that I was most excited about because i I had heard nothing but it's rave really reviews. Good. Yeah, um, popular opinion. It wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Oh,
1: interesting. Okay. Well, you know, everybody has their own. I, I actually was pleasantly surprised by that show.
2: I wanted to love it so much and I'm not sure maybe it was where I was sitting, but like by the time I got to the show, I had to sit on the upper floor, but yeah, this was highly anticipated for me. This is the show I was looking forward to the most. And to me, it was just a little, a little overrated, a little convoluted. Um, I mean, granted, it's, it's, a, it's goofy and all the characters <laughs> all together. But it just felt, I don't know, it felt a little off for me. And I'm, I'm giving grace to the entertainment team because, you know, everything's new and they're just figuring things out. But wasn't the biggest fan of Seas of Adventure. I really wanted to be. And to be honest, all the shows were just, they just didn't do it for me. I mean, the only one that I loved was Aladdin. And that was due to the genie, you know, the mm. genie is hilarious i'm pretty sure i saw this genie on the dream in in july he looked really similar
1: well the genie makes or breaks that show in my opinion i feel yeah i feel like that show can be awesome or it can be terrible and i've seen it both ways depending upon who the genie is and how cheesy or actually funny it is
2: yeah so Aladdin was my favorite due to the genie you know I'm seeing these shows for the first time and I'm I'm really wanting to love them and I'm giving them a lot of grace but my issue with The Little Mermaid were just the transitions were off to me like Mm. it just wasn't the smoothest transitions and yeah I really wanted to love all the shows but I feel like they need a little bit more work, especially like there was like spotlight issues, like somebody, the person controlling the spotlight, it just wasn't smooth. Like it was just like really choppy. Uh, It was just,
1: yeah, we definitely saw some technical issues, um, but we were on the maiden voyage. So I expected that you, I feel like they should have most of those kinks worked out by now. So that's disappointing to hear that they don't. I, I really liked Seize the Adventure. We didn't get to see Aladdin on the ship, but I will say my favorite shows are not the shows on The Wish. So, right. um, so far, the magic has been my favorite for for shows but i also love me some beauty and the beast on the dream so <laughs> yeah so kim i'd love to hear your impressions of the the food on board since you have been on all of the other ships except for the fantasy and spoiler the fantasy and the dream really there's very little difference between <laughs> the two except for obviously in the areas of like shows and then layout of like skyline lounge you know is a little mm. is is better on the on the fantasy but um obviously you've had a, a lot of experience with cabanas and this is your first time sailing on the wish. So you've got Marceline market. I'd love to hear what you thought as far as Marceline market and how it compares to cabanas. And then we'll talk a little main dining as well.
2: So I love Marceline market, love the the stations, love the style and the design. I find that there's like that hidden seating that towards the front of Marceline market they, that you kind of have to like Look for. Yes. Like, I feel like a lot of people with miss the coffee that. bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I found very interesting though was on our first meal there on embarkation day. I knew that they had stone crabs, but I was like, "Where are the stone crabs?" <laughs> and I feel like it's very strategic that they put them at the very be- front of the. Yeah, um, yeah, it's in the back of Marceline Market. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. back. Yeah, it was hard to find them, but we found them. But yeah, I think the offerings were great. I feel like. We would go there for breakfast in the mornings. It it can it gets backed up really quickly. And people don't mm-hmm. realize that if they went up to the station above, they would have like similar offerings. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, the sailing, it was really crowded. It was you know, almost at capacity. I think the ship holds 4,000. So, mm-hmm. you know, with, with it being uh, a little over 3,600 guests. And I think a lot of these guests were also from canceled sailings from her from the Hurricane Ian, I believe. Mm. So a lot of guests moved to the sailing. Yeah. I mean, Marceline was great. I do like Festival of the Foods better.
1: Yeah. The uh, the pool deck food, um, yeah. Mickey Smokehouse and uh, Donald's Cantina and stuff. Yeah. What'd you think of those?
2: Love Donald's Cantina. Loved the pizza. Fortunately, did I personally didn't get to try the barbecue, but my family did, and they really liked it as well. I asked my husband, like, is it similar to Cookies Barbecue? And he was like, Yeah, I would say so. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you if you would agree. It's better. Yeah. No,
1: it's better. I think it's way better than Cookies Barbecue. I mean, Cookies Barbecue is okay. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I'm not going to call it bad or anything. A cookies Barbecue is good, but. Yeah, I would say Mickey's Smokestack is like way better. Yeah. So yeah, I think it I think they blew it out of the park with that one. And then, you know, I forget about the pizza because I fully admit I did not actually eat the pizza on the pool deck just because I on the other ships, I feel like the pizza is like a pretty much a waste of calories, even though I mean, almost all pizza is like decent pizza. (laughs) I do love pizza. But you know, the pool deck pizza is just not that great and so i was like why would i eat that when i could eat all this delicious barbecue and (laughs) chipotle basically but we have heard a lot of people saying that about the pizza because the dough is like fresh instead of being the frozen dough or at least that's what we've heard so it it, apparently it it might take a little longer and it maybe backs up a little bit we've heard from several people but yeah it's everybody says it's really really good and you can get gluten-free pizza from there, we've heard from some friends of ours as well. So
2: Yeah, the offerings there are, are pretty f- fantastic. There, there was like vegan cheese, so you could totally make it vegan, the pizza. The pizza was, was great. I, I prefer like a thin crust, so like I liked that. And I loved Donald's Cantina and the amount of hot sauces that they offer is <laughs> just mind-blowing. Oh, I love yeah. that there were so many ice cream flavors. Um, <laughs> I thought that was really cool.
0: Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action to thank our amazing show sponsor over at My Path Unwinding Travel. We have really come to love all of the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel who you've heard on this show. So many of their agents have been on the show sharing their great experiences with concierge sailing, adventures by Disney, and just unique sailings across the Disney portfolio. And so have really come to rely on their expertise as we think about our own vacations, questions we've had about sailing concierge for the first time, questions about unique itineraries. And they are just, so knowledgeable, so friendly, so giving of their time. My Path Unwinding has some fabulous Facebook groups out there that you can join around concierge sailing, the Disney Wish, the Disney Treasure, just all kinds of great groups where they answer questions from people who haven't even booked vacations with them. So love, love, love the great experience, expertise, friendliness of My Path Unwinding travel. So if you are thinking about booking your next Disney Cruise Line vacation, maybe been thinking about taking the leap and upgrading to concierge or have been eyeing some special adventures by... Disney trip, or really just want to benefit from the knowledge and expertise that a great travel expert can provide, highly recommend heading over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL duo sent you. And with that, back to our episode.
2: What about main dining, food, and and shows? Uh, First dinner was at Arendelle. And prior to sailing, I had put in a request to have a table close to the stage. Mm -hmm. Ten of us being together, I was curious to see if that request was going to be granted. Upon arrival and they took us to our table, it was right next to the stage. Oh, nice. I was really happy about that. The entertainment was fantastic. They really got close to us, (laughs) which (laughs) was a little, I wasn't expecting that. But we got a lot of, of time with the characters when they would go, you know, meet and greet the tables and stuff. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. I found that it was hard to have a conversation. Like the music was was pretty loud the, and it was it, there was always something going on. So am I glad I got a table close to the stage? Yes, for my first cruise, but I, I, I wouldn't have to do it again. So mm-hmm. But the food was fantastic. I mean, we—I got the that scallop appetizer, which was yes amazing, as well as the sea bass. Really loved the sea bass. Got the meatballs because I heard good reviews about it. Didn't yes. love it. Oh,
1: um, fair <laughs> enough. I know. I liked the meat. I I really liked the meatballs, and I loved
2: the scallops. So yeah, yeah, the scallops are great. Um, this was probably. I think my, my sister's favorite meal. She loves Frozen, and she thought the food here was the best out of the three. Uh, second night was uh, 1923. Really loved this restaurant. Loved the style. Loved the design. Loved the coziness of it all. This this atmosphere allowed for us to have conversations, and you know, it was just a great experience. I. I think I had the, the ahi tuna, which I feel like is their version of the ahi tuna tower.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and also the tortellini appetizer, I feel like is their version of the truffle pursettes, even though mm-hmm. um, there's no truffle in it. But I thought both were fantastic. Yeah, so I, I think 1923 was my favorite rotational dining on the ship. Although I did like all three of them. Marvel was fantastic. Loved the showness of that sh- of that restaurant. I loved yep. that it felt like I was in an Avengers campus for a minute. Food probably wasn't the best there in my opinion. It, it just yeah. wasn't. I think it's horrible. the weakest
1: on the food too. Yeah. I think the show is amazing, but I think the food is the weakest there as well. Yeah.
2: But you know, it was entertainment was great. A lot of people say I don't see how it can be it would get repetitive. And I, I can mm-hmm. see that point, but I don't know. I just feel like it was it was a cool environment to to be in. I
1: like the way that it doesn't invade all of dinner like mm-hmm. like Arendelle does. So, I mean, I, Arendelle, the show is wonderful, but like you said, you really it makes it really hard to talk and socialize with other folks at your table there, whether they are your family and friends who you want to talk to or new people that you're just you know paired with to, for dinner. It's really, it's really loud and there's very little break in it. The little breaks that are in it just give you enough time to eat basically. Whereas I feel like the Marvel show is a little bit better balance between the show and eating and chatting. But I mean, it does interrupt also, but it's, (laughs) it's more, it's a little bit less interrupting. than. Yeah,
2: totally agree. I think it, it had a better balance of entertainment and giving guests the ability to have, you know, conversations with each other. Because that's one of my favorite parts of of sailing with Disney Cruise Line is that it's like a standing appointment. You know, we have dinner every night at at this time with the same servers. And I just love that consistency of it. And it gives us as a family an opportunity to, you know, talk about our day and kind of connect without phones or anything like that. So that's one of my favorite parts.
0: So, Kim, you know, one other area of the ship I'd love to get your opinion on is the pool decks and the water slide, the Aquamouse. What did you and your kiddos think about those areas?
2: Because I feel like this, this was such a full sailing on our Nassau day, all the pools are open. And so it was nice to have that type of variety. And there wasn't a central pool that felt super crowded. Everyone was like dispersed evenly. And I thought that was a nice touch to have, you know, that type of pool selection. Uh, We we really were excited to get on that Mouse, and the line didn't look too long. It it had a 30 minute posted wait, but we ended up waiting maybe 20 minutes. And so we were able to ride that and I really loved it. I really didn't think I would like it because I heard mixed mixed reviews, but um, I thought it was great. I thought great mix of show and thrill and Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't wait more than 30 minutes for it again, but I I appreciated the ride and... I think the kids loved it too. And I and I also like that the shows can change. So that was a nice touch. Didn't get to experience Slidosaurus Rex, even though I really wanted <laughs> to.
1: Don't worry, you didn't miss anything because all of the adults that went on it, and well, other than me, everybody got like stuck. I got just slowed down, but everybody else like you have to, I don't know if that, how you're supposed to like lay down on that thing so you don't like slow down. But I mean, the kids have no problem on it but adults even though you're allowed to go on it it's really not made for adult bodies it's really made for kid bodies (laughs) if that makes sense so you just like slow down to like a crawl towards like halfway you know halfway through that slide so you're not I mean the the theming is cool in the stairwell up to the ride but Mm -hmm. the ride itself is not real not real great for
2: adults on our last day, we kind of walked around the pool decks when it was empty and we got to check out the Chippendale pool. And mm-hmm. I thought that's a really nice addition too. Maybe they were trying to make use of an empty space or something, but I thought that was a great option for, you know, kids that have auditory issues or just, you know, sensitive to things like that. And I thought there was a great amount of seating for parents or guests that just want an area to lay out in peace and quiet. So... That was nice. Mm -hmm.
0: What were your kids' impressions of the ship overall?
2: He loved that feature of being able to make his own ride Mm. um, in the club. He's easy to please, though. I mean, he's pretty outgoing. So, you know, he had a great time. And I loved that he could check himself into the club Mm. and just take the slide and, and be directly into the club. I loved that addition and it eliminated you know, having to wait in a line with other parents trying to check their kids in. I love that there are now two checkpoints mm-hmm. to for children to go into that club. My daughter, who's, who's 13, she's very independent. She loves to go explore on her own. And on, on other past ships, she would go to Edge or Vibe a lot. For some reason on this ship, she didn't I don't know because it was a three night sailing. She didn't. She didn't go to those clubs as much as she usually does. Mm. But what she did love was uncharted adventure.
1: Oh yeah. So we didn't experience that. Tell us. Tell us about that. Did Did she do it solo, or
2: did you guys do it with her? She did it solo. They there is an option where you can do it as a family, and you can you know personalize your own, your own avatars and, and do it together. But she prefers like going off on her own and. She loved that game and she loved collecting stars. And I'm not sure if she finished the game or mm-hmm. not, but it was something that she definitely wanted to make sure that that she completed. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to play it a lot on this sailing too, but for some reason I just never got around to it because the first stop was like deck twelve by Marceline Market. And I was just like, I have to go all the yeah. way to deck twelve to start yeah. the game. It was just a little more effort than I wanted to put in, but I wish I had more time to to do it because it does, you know, I heard great things about it and she, she did have fun with the game. And I think the point of the game is that, you know, you're, you're collecting accessories and outfits for your avatar. And oh, so, fun. I mean, it was nice. I do miss like Midship Detective and just like the layout of that game and the physical part of it. And like, you're not on your phone, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, it's fine. I'm Uncharted adventure. I had heard that you could kind of start the game prior to sailing, but I'm not sure if that that element has been added yet. I think as of right now, you have you can only start the game when once you're on ship on
1: the board. I've heard through the grapevine that the current iteration of Uncharted Adventure is like version one, I'll call it, so that there are mm-hmm. like that there's more features because you know it wasn't up and running on the maiden nor for several you know nor for a couple of months of sailings when the ship first came out um, and then yeah I heard that they're that when they launched even the the current version that it's actually I'm not going to call it a beta test version it's not a beta test version but it's version 1.0 and that there's sort of more features and stuff that they're working on and I think that the aspect of it being able to be started before you get on the ship is is part of one of the added features that will that may come later
2: yeah i mean the 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 game offers great storytelling and it it does kind of put you in an immersive state because of the way that the game is developed so it is it is nice i just feel like it it may be more geared towards i would say seven and up not as where a midship detective you know a four or five year old could start that game and play it oh yeah immediately Yeah. yeah Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'm excited to try that when we're on in April, because that is, like I said, one thing we have not been able to do yet. And Nathan and I love to play midship detective agency. And so I feel like it'll, you know, at least that at least there is some replacement uh, for it, because obviously the wonder and the magic don't have anything like it. We love that kind of immersive game.
0: Well, Kim, as we as we wind things down here, just anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to be sure to share about your uh, your experience?
2: Sure. So prior to the sailing, I did join a Facebook group for the sailing, and post sailing, I actually found out that Josh Damaro was on the same sailing. Oh,
1: cool! For for those who don't know, he is the what is he? Chief executive officer for Disney Cruise Line or for Disney Signature Experiences? I can't remember.
0: Signature experiences. Yeah, because Tom Maslam is the uh, the like president. Oh, that's the right. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I found out that Josh was on the ceiling as well as um, Ashley Eckstein. She voices Sakatana on in one of those Star Wars Rebels. Oh. Uh, but yeah, he was. Josh was on the ship, and supposedly he was staying in the tower suite. Of course, he was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Eating Enchante and Paolo in his room, probably, instead of going yeah. to main dining.
2: <laughs> and I wish I knew because I would definitely would a have been on the hunt for him. I would have been like looking for him and yeah. tracking him down. But um, yeah, that was an interesting tidbit that I found out. You know, things I loved about this ship. I loved I actually love the laundromat, which is so weird. Yes. To say, I no, I
1: thought- No, you're speaking my love language, Kim. <laughs> I love the I love the laundry as well.
2: How many washes there were, and I was actually playing around with it, and I was like, "Let me see how much detergent is." And I was like, "Only a dollar!" I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> it's only a dollar the detergent. So I don't know. I just thought that was pretty cool. That's <laughs> and let me let
0: me correct something we said earlier. Josh isn't just the president of Signature Experiences, Sam. He is the chairman of Parks Experiences and Products. So uh, okay. he actually sits above Signature Experiences, which sits above Disney Cruise Line. So yeah,
1: yeah. One step so he's below. Kind, he's, JPEG. he's kind of
0: a big deal. Yeah.
1: He's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> he's below JPEG, but he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Be- beloved yeah. former head of the Disneyland resorts. So.
2: One of the people in the Facebook group said that she got to chat with him and that he was really nice and asked her a bunch of questions. So, you know, that's not surprising. (laughs) I'm
0: sure he got an earful. I'm sure he got an earful.
2: No, he's known
1: for being really good with guest relations and stuff. Like you see him, uh, we used used to see on, you know, social media, him walking through Disneyland Park in particular and like chatting up guests all the time and taking, you know, selfies with people and things like that. So he's, I think, really known for, you know, having that, that, or just having that gift of gab and personal touch and making people feel heard regardless of whether or not he's actually going to take any of their feedback <laughs> to heart he makes people feel like they will
0: you know Well, Kim, been fabulous hearing about your amazing cruise and Halloween on the High Seas adventure. But at this point, I need to turn you over to Sam for a little bit of arbitrary questions, arbitrary rules, arbitrary judgments, or the arbitrary segment we call Rapid Fire. So Sam, take it away.
1: Why, thank you, Brian. So Kim, I know you've listened to our show, so I don't even need to tell you the rules or lack of rules, but this is your Rapid Fire. We are going to do our classic Rapid fire where I'm going to ask you a few of your Disney favorites and then I'm going to ask your Disney Cruise Line favorites. These answers do not need to be specific to the Wish since you have been on 4 out of 5 ships, you've got obviously a lot of knowledge across the fleet so you can give us your favorites regardless what ship they come from. All right, we'll start with who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character?
2: My favorite classic character would would be like Mickey and Minnie, but I love strong female leads like yeah, Mulan, Raya, Moana, Pocahontas, and um, Vanellope Yes, Vanellope. I mean, that has to be the answer. So, okay, I'm just taking.
1: I'm just yes. taking that as your answer. and I'm move on. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie?
2: I'm a big Pixar fan, so I would say the the Toy Story trilogy, as well as like. Ratatouille, Up, and Turning Red. Yeah, love, love Pixar.
1: Yeah, all great movies. Um, I also like how you said the Toy Story trilogy. So you were excluding Toy Story (laughs) four. Yes, exactly. That was a that was a correct answer. Let me put it that way. What
2: is your favorite Disney song? Um, I love Married Life from Up.
1: Oh yeah. Not
2: sure if that counts as a song, but I just love that melody. I love when I hear it on Main Street and Disneyland. Yes. Um,
1: that is totally a song. A song instrumental is a song just because it doesn't, you know, that's <laughs> that's fine. All right. Now let's turn to Disney Cruise line. What is your favorite bar space across the Disney fleet?
2: Okay, I would say I loved loved the bayou. Mm-hmm. Thought that was stunning, beautiful. And I also love Azure on on the Wonder. Yeah, both good spaces. Yeah. yeah. All right, your favorite space
1: on the ship outside of those two bars that you mentioned?
2: The Grand Hall on the Wish and my stateroom. Yeah, love it. <laughs> favorite activity to do on board a Disney cruise? Besides trivia, I love when uh, a sailing I have or a sailing I'm on has a premiere, like, We've been on several sailings where movies like mm-hmm. Thor has premiered or even Frozen premiered on on one of our sailings. I love when that happens. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I also love ordering room service <laughs> and uh, <laughs> decorating our door. Um, but most of all, I also love... Getting to know our servers and our stateroom hosts—that's probably one of my favorite things—is is getting to know those people and you know their backgrounds and where they're from. Oh,
1: I love that as an activity. I think that's a. I mean, I love all your answers there, but especially getting to know your, your serving team. I think that is a, a fantastic part of sailing on, frankly, any cruise line, but especially Disney because the cast members are amazing.
2: All right. What's your favorite rotational dining restaurant? I loved the, uh, 1923 as well as Animator's Palette on The Wonder. Awesome.
1: This might be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to give you three choices.
0: The hard-hitting questions. Yeah.
1: Aqua (laughs) Dunk, Aqua Duck, or Aqua Mouse?
2: So I haven't been on the Magic since it's refurb, so I haven't experienced the Aqua Dunk. Okay, so Aqua
1: Duck versus Aqua Mouse then.
2: I am going to have to say the Aqua Mouse. (laughs) Interesting. All right. All right. Favorite ship in the fleet? Favorite ship in the fleet has got to be the wonder for me. Yeah, that's
1: the right answer. Congratulations. You've just won <laughs> Rapid Fire. But that's not my final question because yeah. you know what my final question is because I ask it every time we do this show, every every time we do our classic version of Rapid Fire, which is a bucket list cruise. Kim, you can go anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line. It doesn't even have to be someplace that Disney Cruise Line currently sails or is planning on sailing next year. Where do you, Where do you want to go?
2: So I have two answers. Uh, my bucket list for a real itinerary would be the eleven night Med cruise, mm. but my imaginary itinerary would it would start in Japan, yes, then go to South Korea, then go to Southeast Asia, including Taiwan, Philippines, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. Awesome. <laughs> Are you starting in
1: Japan because you're going to go to Tokyo Disney Sea uh, as well? That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. All right. If this happens, I'm coming with you, Kim. Thank you very much for playing Rapid Fire. Um, and we always like to know what's next for you and your family? Where are you going to be traveling uh, disney or or elsewhere? um and and do you have any other? Did you book another cruise? Did you get a placeholder?
2: So we did book a placeholder just because that's just the smart thing to do. But we because we live in houston, we're we're very close to Galveston. So we are hoping to get on the magic you know, maybe sometime this year or early next year before they go to New Orleans, I believe. Mm -hmm. And we also have a 50% discount that's burning a hole in my pocket (laughs) and I need to use that by next year. So I want to use it on, you know, something significant, maybe that 11 night med cruise. I don't know. We'll see, but definitely need to, to use that.
0: Well, Kim, we just appreciate you coming on to share your family's experiences. I know you are a travel agent yourself. We always love to give uh, our guests who are travel agents an opportunity to let folks know where they can find them if they want to book a fabulous Disney vacation. So, Kim, you want to let folks know where they can find you?
2: Sure. I am on Instagram, uh, Kim. And uh, our family's Instagram page is actually of Four. So on that page chronicles a lot of our Disney adventures, including all the international parks we've visited, as well as all of our sailings.
1: Awesome. I am going to check out your Instagram right now because I love I love that kind of content. That is that's my jam.
0: Well, Kim, once again, just thanks for coming on and sharing your family's experience. And we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voicemail email line if you'd like to send us a question a comment or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590 that's 402-413-5590 if you'd like even more great content from the dcl duo you can always browse to youtube.com dcl duo for our vlog If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash dclduo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. Views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.